It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Happy Friday morning and welcome to Buckeye Breakdown as we get ready to preview the Buckeyes and Bucky Badger. Wisconsin coming to town for the Big Ten opener. Plenty to talk about. Give you ideas of who we're watching for, what we think is most important, and why the series has so heavily favored the Buckeyes here these last few years. It's our Friday morning preview show on Buckeye Breakdown. We've got the whole crew together as we cover Ohio State with our instant analysis from Ohio State. There's something that doesn't feel right. Unbelievable effort from him today. Is EJ Liddell going to crack the first team all Big Ten? I think he can be the guy. I'm not trying to start a quarterback controversy. He seems to have the durability. He certainly has the toughness. This is the question on a lot of people's minds here. Welcome to Buckeye Breakdown. Well, hi again, everybody, and thanks for making Buckeye Breakdown part of your Ohio State football pregame stop. We are glad to have you and uh, certainly looking forward to talking about a huge game here this weekend. I'm Brendan Gulick. If you are just joining us for the first time, thanks for becoming part of our community. We'd love to have you more often. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. We do lots of these shows all throughout the week. We'll certainly give you our postgame reaction as well. You can find this uh, wherever you like to find your favorite podcasts on uh, audio-only platforms as well. Check out all of our work at BuckeyesNow.com. Special guest, and uh, he's kind of a the pinch hitter. He's the ultimate <laughs> pinch hitter this weekend. want to introduce you to John Rutter, who's actually going to be filling in for me this Saturday. Uh, I've got a family wedding that I'm attending, and uh, John is going to take care of making sure you've got everything you need. So I figured what better way to introduce John and get us ready to go than to have him on the Friday pod. What's up? What's up, man? Fall weddings. Does anybody ever learn, right? <laughs> you know, I have, uh, gosh, I, I just, I've learned to bite my tongue. Uh, we go from there. <laughs> you know, it's, if you're into football, you understand that part of the conversation. If football's not part of your, uh, your everyday life or your vernacular, then you make different decisions and that's okay. Uh, but looking forward to a fun family weekend for sure. Yeah, In the meantime, this too. Uh, yeah, no kidding. Uh, a good game for you to be pinch hitting for, because this is going to be, <laughs> Uh, this, you know, there's there's reason to think this could be a showdown preview uh, of a Big Ten championship. It certainly has been in years past, and I think there's lots of fun angles we can dive into. So let's go right off the top. Ohio State's beaten Wisconsin eight straight times. They've beaten them 11 of the last 12. In fact, Wisconsin hasn't beaten the Buckeyes this decade. 2010, the last time they won a game. They haven't come to Columbus and won since 2004. Um, obviously they don't play a whole lot, right? The, the Bucks and, and the Badgers last met in 2019 in the big 10 title game, but it, it's, it's a fun matchup for both fan bases because I think people sort of understand that in the West, a lot of times in the last decade, you've kind of got to go through Madison to get to Indianapolis. And it's the same story the last decade plus now. And in Columbus, you got to get through Ohio state. So it feels like a big matchup and gosh, to, to kick off Big Ten play, how cool is that? Yeah, it really does. And I think when you think of Big Ten football, obviously Ohio State, the Michigans, the Penn States come to mind. But I think Wisconsin is is kind of right behind them. And you know, you want to talk about when you know building a program. I think that this is a program that has a distinct identity. That university, that school, that city identifies with that uh, with that identity. Uh, and look, they've done a good job of building that success. 
They just haven't been able to get over the hump when it comes specifically to the Buckeyes. And you kind of took the words right out of my mouth, a team that really feels like they came into the year with a lot of expectations with the goal of maybe circling this matchup with Ohio State as kind of a litmus test to how they can measure up and potentially maybe be a Big Ten championship game preview. This is a team, I think, that wanted to come into the season and have their sights set on that Big Ten championship game. And look, to be the best, you got to beat the best. And they've got an opportunity or a chance to go into Columbus and do that uh, on, on Saturday night. You know, and look, I mean, even though Wisconsin has already stubbed its toe early in the year with a week two loss to Washington State, I, I don't know how else to say this nicely. The, the West has not been very good. Northwestern's had a really bad year. Illinois hasn't looked good. Purdue really struggled last weekend against Syracuse, and, and they kind of choked away the game to Penn State in week one. You know, Iowa's defense looks terrific, and their special teams look great. And it looks like they don't have an offense because they really haven't showcased <laughs> that very well. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not trying to, like, nitpick too much, but, I mean, Nebraska's already fired their coach in, in Scott Frost. So even though Wisconsin hasn't gotten off to a good start, I mean, gosh, the Badgers have to feel like there is no reason we can't still go out and win the West and, and by the way, if we play a team like Ohio State early in the year, kind of figure out what the measuring stick could look like and then go from there and build off that, I think that could be really good for this team. Yeah, they still control their own destiny, certainly. And look, I get a lot of sense of disappointment on that Wisconsin side. And you just touched on a disappointing loss early on, a close loss to Washington State. I think that this is a program and a team that is really looking to generate some momentum, specifically kicking off Big Ten play. They're looking for a statement win and a signature win. And look, there aren't many statements that speak louder than a win against Ohio State. They've got their work cut out for them, certainly, and we'll get into that here in a few minutes. A double-digit underdog, but uh, they've kind of admitted as much with some of the comments that their coaches and their players have made this week that, like, look, they're looking at this Ohio State game as a big opportunity to do something. This is a big game. This game means a lot for them. They're putting a lot of work and preparation into that. And I think that, you know, that's something that will probably be reflected on the field, whether or not they have the guns to keep up with Ohio State. I think that that's a different conversation, but I certainly think that this is a team that's going to come in and be prepared. When I think of Wisconsin, you know, we talked about, you know, the identity that this program has. I think of, you know, big, strong offensive linemen. This is a team that's going to want to come in, run the ball. They've established that identity. You know, I think of Joe Thomas. So that's the first name that usually comes to mind when you think of, you know, being here in Cleveland, when you think of a Wisconsin offensive lineman. So they're going to come in, they're going to be fundamentally sound. They're not going to make a whole lot of mistakes. So you're going to have to be a play pretty good football as well. But I, I'm not quite sure if they have the, the horses to keep up with Ohio state. And, and look, their defense has been terrific. Jim Leonard's done an unbelievable job. In fact, he turned down an opportunity to coach with the Packers this year. Uh, even though he lost seven starters on this defense. So he must feel, one, a special loyalty and affection for, for his time in Madison. But two, he must really like what he's got because nobody turns down opportunities to coach for the Packers unless they feel pretty darn good about what their current situation is. Yeah. Um, and, and unfortunately for Wisconsin, they're going to be missing a bunch of guys in the secondary this weekend. That what a time really to be missing well. guys in the secondary, right? Yeah, that doesn't really bode well. Um, you know, I, I I think the teams that are capable of beating Ohio State as few as they are, are ones that are going to have to be able to try and, you know, you're not going to win a shootout, but you certainly have to outscore them. I know that sounds dumb, but like, you're not going to beat Ohio State 
if you score less than 30 points in a game. It's just not going to happen. So I, I look at knowing what Wisconsin is capable of defensively historically and seemingly what they've done fairly well so far this year and, and looking at what their offense currently looks like, Graham Mertz has taken significant steps forward. Braylon Allen is a very good running back. They seem to have a little bit of depth there. Their offensive line is strong. I'm not 100% sold on their wide receiver group, but they're okay. Let's see what they're capable of against a really good Ohio State defense, or at least what we think is a good Buckeye defense. But I'm skeptical in thinking that they're going to be able to score, you know, at least 30 points to try to give Ohio State a scare. Yeah, and you talk about you know a, a guy like Jim Leonard. This is a guy that's about as Wisconsin as it gets, right? I think that he ident- certainly identifies with you know being a Wisconsinite, a lot of pride in that Badger program. Um, and the defense kind of is is built in his mold. I think that they've you know given up what twenty four points this season. Granted, they have not faced an offense like Ohio State. And you touched on the firepower that Ohio I mean, State New has. Mexico State isn't quite like Ohio State. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's just so it's Ugh. so difficult to keep an offense like that held down for 60 minutes. Look at the Notre Dame game. Um, you know, all it takes is one or two plays for a guy to get loose and you're able to put up a couple of scores and push things out of reach. And I think that that's uh, maybe another situation that we're going to be looking at with this game between Ohio State and Wisconsin Saturday night at, at Ohio Stadium. I think that you know, even if Wisconsin is able to keep it close in the early part of that, look, you've got C.J. Stroud, you've got a horse, a, a stable of running backs uh, outside of Marvin Harrison Jr. and Jackson Smith and Jigba. you still got a plethora of receivers that he can throw to, and now C.J. Stroud is even starting to incorporate the tight end. I think that that shows a lot of maturity in his, in his uh, progression as a passer. There are just so many weapons that Wisconsin is going to have to keep track of. And that's a difficult task, specifically when you're missing guys in the secondary. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a difficult task for anybody in the country, even including a Georgia defense that has everybody's eyes popping out of their head right now. If they didn't give up a touchdown last week to South Carolina in the final, what was it, minute or two minutes of the game, you know, I think they've outscored their opponents this year 130 to, to 10 or something like that. Um, I mean, and and by the way, it's not like they've played nobody. You know, that includes. Oregon and an SEC team in South Carolina. It's not an FCS school with, with a bunch of guys that aren't even on scholarship. We're talking about a what looks like maybe another elite defense for Georgia. So um, I don't know. I don't want to get too far down the line. I know everybody in the country right now is is hoping that maybe we'll get this year what we didn't get last year, an opportunity to see those two juggernauts go against each other. But there's a lot of football to play between now and then. A couple of cool notes that I, I think are just worth sharing that maybe you didn't know. Um, the Wisconsin sports information staff actually shared this with us. This was, uh, this was great. Ohio state leads the country with a nearly 94% winning percentage. It's 0.938, uh, in conference play between 2014 and 2021 at the end of the season. It's, it's actually, uh, I, I would say significantly better than Alabama. The Buckeyes are 61 and five in conference play since the start of 2014 they're actually, if you go back even further, there since 2012, the Buckeyes are 77 and five uh, in Big Ten play. You know, they, they have been the team in the conference, and I, I don't think we need to go through all the superlatives, but I think it it brings into focus when you know you're the top dog and you've got that target on your back. You have to understand that teams are going to try to 
to scheme things, knowing that you're the biggest game on their schedule. They're going to try to scheme things up that they haven't put on tape before. They're going to try to give you different looks that, that hopefully you haven't prepared for. Because at the end of the day, it comes down to execution, right? Like it's easy to look on paper and say, they got this many five stars or that many playmakers at that position or whatever. You know, as, as a team, Wisconsin doesn't care. They, they know the challenge. They know they've got to go out and play really well. But I'm sure they are practicing this week with the belief that, hey, we like our chances. We got a good team. App State went and beat Texas A&M on the road. You look at some of the other upsets around the country. Marshall going on the road and beating Notre Dame. Why can't we go beat Ohio State? We're better than some of those other non-Power 5 programs. So they don't, they don't approach this as an unwinnable game just because the Buckeyes have the talent that they have. You just got to try to figure out what your scheme is and what your game plan is. And if, if you're Wisconsin, you run the ball, you figure out a way to shorten the game as much as you can. You can't turn it over. You have to find a way to make Ohio State pay for a couple of mistakes here and there. Um, and, and you try to just mitigate what C.J. Stroud and company have shown that their high-level execution can be. Yeah, I think you, you literally just took the words right out of my mouth. I had something highlighted on my screen there. The best defense, I think, is going to be a good offense, and that's keeping the ball out of C.J. Stroud's hands because the more chances he gets, the more opportunities he's going to have to get the ball into those playmakers' hands, and boom, next thing you know, you're down 6, 14, 21 points. Um, but the good thing about this situation is, you know, Ohio State's got a good leader in Ryan Day, right? Probably about as good of coach as you can ask for across the country. He's this is not unfamiliar territory for him to be in the crosshairs and to know that you're getting everybody's best shot. Um, I, I don't think that that's something that is that he shies away from. I think that that's something that he certainly prepares for. And I kind of look to see him maybe take the same approach that he has uh, has taken the last couple of weeks in instilling on his players. Look, hey, we got to start fast. We got to be clean out of the gate. Um, let's not give them any reason to think that they can hang around. And I th they've got certainly got a lot of momentum coming into this one, hanging 77 points on Toledo. Granted, there's you know Wisconsin's no Toledo, but uh, th this is they've got all the momentum in the world. And I think that if you're looking for a tune, if you're talking about a tune-up game, man, things went about as perfectly as they could have gone for Ohio State in that matchup with Toledo to really set things up here nicely as we head into Big Ten play. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Yeah, they, they certainly did. And you can make the same argument for Wisconsin after having a tough week two loss. You know, they shook that off quickly against probably, if not the worst team, certainly 
among the the least productive teams in FBS. New Mexico State's program is not very good right now. So both teams come in feeling good. They've got some momentum, and and they recognize the gravity of the moment. I mean, the Buckeyes, Ryan Day talked about this. If you look back at their schedule, after the Notre Dame game, Ohio State basically played four consecutive top ten games nationally. Michigan State, Michigan, Utah, and Notre Dame, four games in a row from last year to this year. You get two non-conference games against non-power five teams that, you know, look, I actually think Toledo's going to win a bunch of games in the MAC this year. Daquan Finn is a very good quarterback. I don't know what he's doing at Toledo. Uh, and I thought Arkansas <laughs> State. Times. Yeah, no kidding. And and honestly, it may have been his uh, you know his his audition tape to go play elsewhere next year. Uh, and Arkansas State, I mean, Champ Fleming's in particular, the little wide receiver they had was really good. Um, I thought they did some good things and maybe they'll compete for a little bit in the Sun Belt. They've got a great coaching staff there. Um, so it's not like the Buckeyes played nobody the last two weeks, but they weren't top 10 teams. Now you're playing a Wisconsin team that is is not of that same caliber, you know, at least in the national pollsters' eyes this year, but it's a program that that expects to win big games. And they've proven that they can do it over the last several years. So they don't really care the fact that they're not ranked. They're going to come in and, and try to play spoiler in Columbus. What a what an unbelievable treat. We think, we hope, we expect to open Big Ten play with. Yeah, I don't want to call this necessarily a trap game or even say that Wisconsin is a team that can necessarily sneak up on Ohio State. But it's certainly a team that I think is capable of beating Ohio State if everything goes right. Look, a couple of years ago, Purdue beat Ohio State, and those yeah. teams weren't even necessarily, you know, should have been on the same field together. It just depends on what plays out on any given day. And I think that, you know, when you have a slow start, you know, granted, this game is in Ohio, in Ohio Stadium as opposed to being on the road. Um, do they, By the way, do they play an away game in the month of September? I don't think they go on the road until mid-October. I think Unbelievable that the right? way that's still uh, th this, this has to be like Ohio State's most fan-friendly, favorable right? home schedule. I mean, I know you play in East Lansing, and I know you play in Happy Valley. You're not going to play everybody at home. Um, but to start with basically a month's worth of games at home, Notre Dame, Arkansas State, Toledo, Wisconsin, Rutgers, all at home, all in a row, before you even go play at Michigan State in two weeks. Um, yeah, that's that's quite a blessing. <laughs> and, some, and some good matchups, too. Like, these aren't just your your typical Youngstown States or Marshalls or Ohio Universities. You're talking Notre Dame. We've got Wisconsin that we're kicking off the Big Ten uh, the Big Ten schedule with. I think that it's a time that, you know, look, Ohio State's looking at this as an opportunity to really tune things up and refine things as they head into Big Ten season with that matchup with Michigan looming at the end of the schedule. And, and everybody is certainly uh, hoping and expecting that those two teams are going to be you know, right on the cusp uh, of a college football playoff berth when they meet in late November. A um, couple little things we should get to. How about Travion Henderson? You know, there's a lot of conversation around him right now. Travion obviously started the game last week against Toledo, ended up scoring the first of the 11 touchdowns the Buckeyes put in. Um, I thought he ran fairly hard, but he came out of the game. I'm sure you know by now he, he's dealing with some kind of, uh, of a left leg injury. Uh, if you didn't see it or you didn't hear about it, you know, he, he walked to the locker room without a shoe on. He's kind of gingerly walking back there, came back to the sideline, you know, after maybe 15 minutes, he was on his feet the entire game. He never went back onto the field, but he, his pads were on. He was, he was smiling and, and with his teammates, you know, up on his feet all night. So it, it became obvious, I thought, that he was not dealing with some crazy, awful tough injury and 
you know, there was no reason to put him back out there before you start conference play. So Ryan Day was basically asked on Tuesday this week at his press conference about Travion's status. The latest thing we have for you as we shoot this podcast this week uh, is that he expects Travion to be ready, but he also expected Jackson Smith and Jigba and Julian Fleming to both be ready for week two when they weren't. So we'll see as the week goes along. We'll keep you updated on BuckeyesNow.com with the latest around Henderson. I, I kind of expect that Travion is going to play, but I think he won't see the lion's share of the carries with the way Mayan Williams has run this year. And frankly, with the way Dallin Hayden ran in some critical moments last week. Yeah, I was just about to say, you know, having him in the backfield, having Travion Henderson in the backfield adds a different dynamic to this Ohio State offense. But look, they still had two guys rush for almost 100 yards a pop each last week uh, in his absence. So they've certainly got some capable guys that are able to step in and carry the load. Uh, and I, if things are going well for you early on in the game, you're able to kind of maybe, you know, rest Henderson a little bit and give him a lighter workload. I think that, you know, it, I kind of in agreement with you seemed like something certainly precautionary. Um, he was, uh, I think I saw some photos of him or some video of him, maybe signing autographs or taking pictures with fans after the game. He wasn't that walking boot, but he seemed to be moving around. Okay. So uh, hopefully this isn't something long-term. It doesn't appear like there's any indication that this would be anything long-term, but uh, it would be easy for them to kind of ease him back into the offense uh, or, or I guess it would be beneficial for them to ease him back into the offense with so many weapons that they have this week against Wisconsin. Yeah, and I think it would be good for him to, you know, get a couple of Big Ten carries under his belt, even if he's not 100%. I, I know I'm sure Ryan he wants Day, to. Uh, you know, right, and I know Ryan Day tends to shy away from the idea of playing a guy if he isn't 100%. Um, but if he's 90%, is that good enough to put him out there and, you know, give him a chance to – carry it 10 times. I, I don't know. I mean, you certainly don't want to put somebody in a position to get hurt. And I don't, know, Day, any, I don't think yeah, there's any long-term uh, injury sure. implications here. Ryan's been really good about, you know, making sure he's not putting guys in, in, in uh, bad spots. Um, as it relates to the defense, you know, we, we were surprised, I guess, last weekend. See Mike Hall and Tanner McAllister and Josh Proctor all not play because none of them were listed on the game day status report uh, as unavailable, but then none of them got on the field. Um, you know, Mike Hall was was in pads. Um, I know for sure Josh Proctor was in street clothes on the sideline. Honestly, I don't remember if Tanner McAllister was in street clothes or not, but, um, you know, we'll keep our eye open to see if those guys are going to play. I'm, I'm sure they are hopeful to be out there and we haven't heard anything out of the Woody this week to indicate that they wouldn't be available, but I guess we'll wait and see what the availability report says when it comes out on, uh, on Saturday. Um, but safe to say that, especially considering Wisconsin's offensive line, I sure would hope Ohio state has its best defensive lineman available. Yeah. And that this is probably, you know, we talked about this being the biggest test for Wisconsin's defense. I think, you know, on the flip side, this is the biggest test for, uh, Ohio State's defense, perhaps. Um, you know, we know what Wisconsin's going to do. You talk, we talked about the big offensive line. We talked about the backs that they have. And Ohio State's defense, I thought it looked pretty good so far, uh, especially coming into uh, a new system under Jim Knowles. And they're three games into this, uh, pretty stout so far. And I looked at that, looked to see that continue to, pro to progress. But having three of your key guys on the defensive line, especially when you got a team coming into your house that you know is going to try and run it down your throat, is going to is going to help you there. Yeah, and, and trying to defend that with a 4-2-5 defense was a question Jim Knowles was asked about this week. Is essentially like, look, 
you know, you, you know what they like to do. How, how do you try to do that without three linebackers on the field? Uh, and, and Knowles, you know, acknowledged that there was probably a time in his career where he would have felt similarly that it might be difficult to stop the run uh, with a four two five defense. But he said, if you can, if you can make the offensive linemen have a little bit of hesitation, just that split second of indecision, you take the wrong step or you hesitate or whatever it might be, then you can kind of play offense on defense. And, and suddenly you are the one that's sort of dictating as a defender, how that situation goes. Um, We've certainly seen a few exotic blitz schemes from him. We've seen some really aggressive stuff in these first few weeks. I'm sure he's got a few more things dialed up we haven't seen because that's who Jim Knowles is. Uh, but they're going to have their work cut out for him because I'm sure Wisconsin's going to try to run the football. Yeah, you tend to kind of keep things fairly vanilla in those early games, but it's tough to do when you have a matchup like Notre Dame on the schedule. Um, you know, you've got Wisconsin here fairly early in the schedule as you're kicking off Big Ten season. Um, but guys are so athletic now that even if you're maybe lacking a little bit of size, you can use some movement and some personnel and some groupings that can confuse the offensive line, as you mentioned, and, and cause that hesitate, excuse me, hesitation. The caliber of athlete that Ohio State is recruiting right now is just off the charts. And I think that that's one of the re- look on both sides of the football, why they're able to have so much success. And uh, I look for, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking for a good matchup with, with Wisconsin's offense here on Saturday night. This can be a ton of fun. It's the uh, the beginning of the 110th season of Big Ten Conference play as the Buckeyes host Wisconsin, 7.30 down at the shoe. Uh, believe it or not, this is the 99th all-time game that Ohio State has played at night. How about that? It's, They're wearing uh, the blackout uniforms, I saw. And, and, it, and it is a blackout, thanks to Andrew Lind, who I want to make sure I say this the right way as I look at the game notes. Uh, our, uh, our own Andrew Lind was... Uh, tickled that the uh, game notes included him in uh, in football's fall fashions. Uh, and it said, after noting a couple of things about the Ohio State black uniforms this weekend, <laughs> the notes say, much appreciation to Andrew Lind. The Ohio State beats, quote, King of Cloth and his website, OhioStateUniforms.com, for documenting Ohio State football's fall fashions. Uh, I think Andrew's going to get that frame and put somewhere. He was pretty, <laughs> he was pretty stoked yesterday, when he, or I should say on Tuesday when he saw that. Uh, so that was that was cool for him. But, yeah, it should be fun. Wear black. The fans are certainly encouraged to, to join in on that and wear black this weekend as well as uh, the Buckeyes kick off with Wisconsin 730 at the shoe. If you're not at the game, uh, Chris Fowler, Kirk Herbstreet, Holly Rowe have the call on ABC. It's also on ESPN Radio uh, nationally, but, of course, uh, locally in Columbus, you can hear it on the Ohio State Buckeyes Radio Network with uh, Paul Keels, who's in his 25th year, by the way. Congratulations to Paul Keels on hitting the, uh, the quarter century mark. Uh, Paul with Jim Lachey, of course, Matt Andrews and Skip Mossick will be in the booth as well. John, looking forward to your coverage on Saturday. I know it's a night game. You know, the wedding is in the afternoon. The 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 stuff that I've got going on at night, I'll be I'll be monitoring, man. I'm I'm yep. gonna have my phone available. I'm gonna be paying a little bit of attention because that's how it goes. In and the I'm fall. sure you won't be the only one. <laughs> There's a pretty good chance of that. It's not a Columbus wedding; it's a Cleveland wedding. But there are certainly going to be some Buckeye fans there. Uh, I don't have any doubts about that. So we'll keep our eye on the game along the way. But looking forward, forward to your coverage and uh, thanks for hopping on and having some fun with us this weekend. And thanks for doing the pod. Absolutely, can't wait to get down there and see what happens on Saturday night. All right. Follow John on Twitter and uh, you can certainly see a lot of great photography. He's got lots of great stuff there as well. 
and uh, can't wait to see what you got coming this weekend. So Ohio State and Wisconsin kicking off Saturday night. Thanks for joining us on Buckeye Breakdown. Again, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. would certainly appreciate your support of the show there. You can find this uh, after the fact, either on YouTube or wherever you like to find your favorite podcasts. And for all the latest on the Bucks, go to BuckeyesNow.com. For John Rutter, I'm Brendan Gulick. We'll see you Saturday in Columbus. Big Ten football's back.